Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 119. Welcome to the Secrets of Real Estate Investing Show, where you'll learn powerful strategies from top experts to take your investments to the next level. Here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Holly McCann, and I'm very excited to have with us someone from outside of the country. He's from outside of the country, and he currently is in a different country, and we've never had anyone like this before. I'm really excited to bring to you someone who's going to teach us about investing in the country of Belize. So with that, welcome to the show, Will Mitchell. Thank you so much, Holly. Thanks for having me. I wish so bad I could turn my computer and show you guys the view. <laughs> video. It's just perfect down here right now. Uh, beautiful day today, but really appreciate you having me on. Well, thanks for taking time out of your day of sunshine and relaxation to talk to us. <laughs> Start by giving our listeners a little bit of background about you. So for me, real estate has kind of been in my blood. When I was about five years old in Canada, I was helping at different uh, projects my family had going, screwing in screws and twisting in light bulbs and basically doing whatever a five-year-old kid could do. But growing up in that environment, it's always been around me. Uh, during high school and university, I worked for a company called Main Street Equity. It's a publicly traded company on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Uh, it's the second largest multifamily company in Canada. They have over 12,000 units now. So I had the great pleasure of working with them closely with the CEO. His name's Bob Dylan, not to be confused with the singer Bob Dylan, but uh, learning from him, working in that company kind of gave me a ton of expertise within real estate. And after that, the next question would be why Belize? And for anyone who's ever been up to Canada in the winter, I was just telling Holly about this. It's pretty tough. They're very cold. Uh, I remember back, you know, when I was in elementary and junior high, going to school, walking to school, I was like the angry old grandpa who would talk about walking through minus 40 weather. That was me. <laughs> and, uh, so basically the idea was I want to get out of that environment while I'm young, while I'm not kind of bound to anything. I want to, you know, look to a real estate market that has some of the opportunities that I would like to see in Canada, the U S ownership rights, things like that. Um, I'm not sure if any of your listeners are familiar with Belize, but in Belize it's full foreign ownership on property, fee simple title. And when you contrast that to some other areas within the region, which have a two tier ownership structure, it's, you know, something that is very attractive for an investor because we want to actually own the property, right? 100%. Well, why don't you start by telling us, um, so you told us you wanted to escape Canada to escape the cold to the warm, but how did you get into real estate? So again, you know, just growing up in real estate, I always kind of wanted to focus on that. When I came out of university, there were a couple other ideas bouncing around. Like anyone who comes out of university, you're fresh and you're like, what am I going to do with my life? I looked at kind of web developing, stuff like that. It wasn't really for me and I kind of already had the background and already had work experience and stuff. So it was a very natural transition into that. Um, getting involved in my own deals was a little bit different. I kind of really started actively investing when I got down to Belize. And it wasn't kind of your traditional, I guess, investment portfolio. Usually someone will kind of go get a traditional bank financing to get their first property. For me, I got down here and we don't really have that option. So I kind of had to get creative with the ways I was acquiring my property, looking for deals with seller financing, looking for deals with you know, developer financing, uh, 
engaging in real estate syndication with people I know or anyone I could find. And that was basically my transition from coming right out of university and just hitting it hard. And I kind of knew I was going to be a real estate guy right away. Can you tell us about your first deal? So the first deal I did was pretty much a basic flip. Uh, it was a small plot of land I acquired. And it was basically the guy who really wanted to get out of that plot of land. I grabbed that and relisted it right away for a nice little profit. Uh, I kind of wanted to change my investment philosophy and engage in some investment for cash flow as well. And then from there, I kind of started looking more for deals that would be in that sector of return as opposed to flips, but I do kind of do both. So, Interesting. Can you share kind of like um, the anatomy of a deal and the numbers, um, if you don't mind? Yeah. So let me just touch on one thing before I get into that, that I feel is kind of important. In our island, I'm on the island of Ambergris Key. And when we look at kind of financing a deal, oftentimes when you're leveraging financing, you're increasing your return. We have a couple different advantages and disadvantages that I want to point out. The first one being, like I mentioned, you can't really get a traditional bank loan. This is because the banking system believes they have this novel idea of a reserve requirement. So for every dollar deposited into the banking system down here, they can only lend out 76 cents on that dollar. They have to maintain a 24 cent reserve, right? So the, the big advantage of this is there's never been a single banking failure in the history of Belize. Kind of, I guess the flip side of the coin is that to get bank financing, it's more expensive. So you're looking at a lot higher interest rates. You're looking at a lot more money down. Um, that's kind of ties back to the creative financing side of things. I guess on the flip side of that coin as well, when you're looking at our market, uh, I'm not sure if your listener base is mostly invested in deals that uh, rent is paid on a monthly basis. For us, it's paid on a nightly basis. So if you're looking at kind of some income producing properties we're looking at, generally on the island, the average occupancy rate is about 65% on a nightly basis. And the average rental rate is about $255 a night. Uh, on this island specifically, we don't have a lot of kind of budget travelers coming down. It's a higher clientele, I would say. In, in some cases, because we haven't seen a huge growth in our inventory, you'll see occupancy rates that go all the way up to 90%. So, um, you know, it kind of has created this very unique environment for investors down here because A, there's not a lot of growth of inventory and B, you're getting paid on a nightly basis as opposed to a monthly basis. Wow. Well, I'd love for you to run through some numbers of a um, either typical or potential investment, um, what someone would pay for it, what they would make on it, if you can share that. Yeah, for sure. So like, if you look at one of the areas I'm actively investing in and you're just looking at year-over-year -year appreciation, the secret beach area on Everglades Key, it's anywhere from 8 to 15%. It's one of the fastest emerging areas within Belize. Some of the properties I've invested in, we're looking at kind of a 15% return. So it really varies depending on what you're investing in. I did four kind of small commercial kiosks. If anyone goes to my YouTube channel, you can check those out. It's a really neat little project I did. It's a commercial thing. Those units, because uh, there's so much stuff I want to tell you here, but so those units I built out of Belizean Harvard, I developed them myself. I acquired the lot myself. Basically, I rented them as is. They're on an area in the same area, Secret Beach. I rent each unit for 500 US per month. 
and my build cost on those was $4,000 per unit. I use these amazing uh, builders on the mainland here. I have a whole YouTube video on that, so would love for you guys to check that out as well. But that's kind of some specific numbers on a couple things I've done. Hmm. Interesting. Well, what else, um, what can you tell us about um, when someone's just starting to learn about investing in Belize? Assuming they're coming from the U.S. or Canada, even though we do have listeners worldwide, but we'll mostly focus on that. What do they need to know about and do they pay U.S. and Canadian income tax on what they make there or how does that work? Perfect question. So happy you asked that. So I guess let's start with the last portion of that question. One thing that Americans basically always have to do, and I'm really sorry to say this, I'm a Canadian guy, so I'm not bound to this, but regardless of where an American is, they have to pay their American taxes, even if you're a non-resident, uh, whatever the case may be, right? For me being Canadian and most other countries in the world, if you declare non-resident, then you're no longer bound to Canadian taxes. You would only be paying the Belize taxes. A really big advantage in Belize is that we have very, very low taxes. So. Let me throw out some numbers here to give you some examples. If you're looking at basically a vacant lot, 50 by 75, that's kind of the average lot size on the island. You're looking at about $75 per year. That's paid once per year in April. Say you're looking at kind of your standard 1,400 square foot condo on the beachfront, you'd be looking at about 300 bucks per year. So very low, there's no estate tax, there's no capital gains tax. What about income tax? Like where you talked about renting it out by the night. Income tax, so income tax varies depending on what, basically how you're renting your property, if it's commercial, residential, but the range would be anywhere from about five to 12%. Wow, that sounds really appealing compared to what we pay here in the US. <laughs> That's, uh, it's very attractive from a tax perspective. If somebody wants to get started learning about, you know, how to do all this, like where do they start? Yeah, okay, such a good question. Well, for one, I've got a book I recently authored. It's The Investor's Guide to Belize Real Estate. We really go into a lot of the nitty-gritty stuff on that book. But just to kind of, I guess, explain why Belize, aside from the tax structure, the legal system, uh, you know, being able to hop on the boat and go around, like that's one of the really amazing things too that I totally skipped over. And I know this is a real estate podcast, but you have to just take a second to acknowledge the fact that Belize has these beautiful white sand beaches with uh, lush jungle on the mainland. The second largest reef in the world is literally 400 yards to my right right now. It's the Belize Barrier Reef. There's amazing kind of dive sites there, locations to go diving. Uh, one really interesting thing that the Belize government did, they dedicated 46% of their land to National Park and Marine Reserve. Now, this is important for a couple of reasons. The first reason, it really kind of protects the environment, the reason why people are coming down. And that's our primary economic driver. It's our primary driver from a real estate perspective as well. But the second reason, it also limits the supply of available and developable real estate. So when we limit supply and we increase demand, that's what's driving our values in this market. So it's really important to know. Yeah, very interesting and very well said. It reminds me of um, where I live in Southern California, where we have very limited developable land. I mean, there's little pockets here and there, but that's what keeps our prices up because so many people want to be here. So that's, that bodes well for the future. Um, and how long have you been down there doing this again? So I've been involved in Belize my whole life. I've been full time down here for about six years now. 
So it's been quite a journey. You know, I just kind of wanted to get away from the Canadian winters and look to somewhere that is a viable market and somewhere that's emerging because there tends to be a little bit more risk involved, but there's also kind of a higher reward and me being a younger guy that was appealing to me. Yeah. I'm a, a risk junkie myself, so I can relate to that. <laughs> I'm all about taking the risk still. So um, why don't you tell us about some more um, opportunities and what typical investors might invest in, like someone from the States or from Canada that wants to do, like, do they buy a condo or, or what do you recommend for them? Let me break down a few different options here, Holly. That's a really good question. So literally right now I'm sitting in an eight-bedroom beachfront villa it's on 150 feet of beachfront. This is a rental property. I personally manage this property. Uh, the nightly rate is anywhere from 2000 to 4000 a night. And if any of your listeners want to go on Airbnb and check it out, they can see those, where the bookings are, what the rates are, and basically kind of see all of that data on the returns. Uh, some people are looking for something bigger like this that they might syndicate with a group. In the first year I've had this on the market, we've seen a 50% occupancy rate. Other people might be looking for something a little bit, you know, a condo or maybe some smaller units. A really kind of common investment right now will be acquiring a smaller piece of land and building, you know, three or four units on that property, putting it in a rental pool, having that managed while you're in the U.S. or Canada. One kind of entry point is actually a very interesting thing that I did. There's another video on YouTube. So in Belize, we have a really big Mennonite population. I'm not sure you guys are familiar with Mennonites. They're kind of the guys that ride on horse-drawn carriages. Very traditional. Like when you go see these guys, it's like stepping in a time machine. And the reason this is really important is because the Mennonites build some of the really most amazing quality stuff at significantly lower rates. So I built this Belizean hardwood home. It's about 600 square feet. It cost about 65 bucks a foot to build this thing. And I prefabbed it on the mainland and shipped it into Belize. It was probably one of the more unique and weird deals I've ever done. I swear I was having a heart attack. It was on a barge, on a truck, being driven in. And I'm literally watching this thing saying, what have I done? I'm insane for doing this, but uh, it made it in and I'm still renting it now. But there's such a wide array of opportunities down here. For me personally, I always recommend if you can find a nice piece of land and develop something, because we haven't had that huge growth in our rental inventory. And actually, when you factor in, so there's kind of two big foundation pillars in our market. The first one is tourism, and the second one is the baby rooms, right? So this island I'm on receives over 70% of the overnight tourism arrivals. That's people who are coming in by plane and spending an average of five to eight days in Belize. And obviously, those people are the tenants that are renting investors like myself's units, right? So that's very important to know. The second kind of foundation pillar we have is the baby boomers and expats. So as you know, baby boomers, it's not a theory, it's not a hypothesis, is the largest demographic shift in human history. There's currently, for the next 10 years, 11,765 baby boomers retiring every day for 10 years. Insane. And the Caribbean is one of the top areas that stands to gain from this, and we see it every day. But when we kind of factor these two things in together, that's one of the more interesting things because they're coming into the market and buying up units that were on the rental pool before. And then all of a sudden that's one unit out of the rental pool. So mm. when it happens and the reaction of these two things, it's created this beautiful, beautiful thing for investors down here. 
That sounds awesome. What a great opportunity. Can you tell us, like, when you're saying you'd recommend, like, maybe somebody would buy a piece of land and build three to four units on it, what would the land cost in that area and what does it cost to build the units? And, and then would the same person own and operate them all or would they sell off two or three of the units and only operate one? Or, like, what do you see? Awesome questions. So, like, there's so many ways to break this down. And for me, if someone was asking me that, the next thing I would do is probably ask them about 15 questions so I can try to guide them to what would make the most sense for them. And I'll give you, I guess, a couple case cases or scenarios here. So we have a couple examples. In that area, the Secret Beach area, it's kind of more of the up and coming area. You can acquire land for cheaper. The lots right there start at about 27,000 and you can build with those Mennonite guys for about 65 bucks a foot. And then you can find someone who will manage your property the split is usually anywhere from 60, 40, in some cases, 30, 70, something like that. It's a little bit higher because it's rented on a nightly basis. So there's more costs that are being incurred, but uh, that would be like turnkey management and that's off the gross income, not off the net. That's one example. When you say $65 a foot to build, how big a building is what is desirable down there? Like, so like what's your all in cost and, and what are people making? on a financial strictly financial basis here there's no personal use aspect i'm probably looking to build something that's a little bit smaller so i can put a few more units on my lot i'd probably look to do you know three or four 250 square foot small cabana units and there are units in that area currently being rented at that size they get about 80 to 120 a night and the occupancy rate on those over the past couple of years because there's so few in that area has been about 75% occupancy. Um, I'll give you another case scenario here, just for someone who's looking for something maybe more, a little bit more luxurious, a little bit more established. There's a development here called Mahogany Bay Village. It's literally just a couple miles south of me right now. It's a gated community. There's already a Hilton Hotel open and operational in there. 20 commercial businesses open and operational. So there's a lot of opportunities in there where someone can go in and build. Now, in there, there's kind of architectural guidelines and some more structures in place that will increase the cost. But obviously, you're investing in a project that has a significant amount of amenities around it, which will help garner a higher nightly rental rate. But uh, the lots in there go for 150 and I guess build costs in there ranges from about 125 to 150 a square foot. And a really kind of cool unit that was just finished in there. It's this, uh, I think it's a 1600 square foot two bedroom home, but they have these two lofts on the top sides with additional beds. So this is really attractive for families coming down. It's attractive for groups of younger people like myself, who maybe they, you know, they might want to get something where they can all be together, but they don't want to blow the budget up. Right. So that's a kind of a cool unit type, but I would say those are two case studies with, prices and returns as well. And you can actually go on Google and type in Mahogany Bay Village and see the exact rate that the Hilton units are getting. I would say if you built something, it's going to be pretty comparable to that. Hilton kind of knows they do their due diligence and know where to put the rental rates at, right? Yeah. So what might be a kind of an annualized rate of return that someone could expect in um, one of these? It sounds like there's a wide array of investments. So maybe what's the range? There's, there's so many different types of investments we're talking about here. Um, you know, all the numbers are there. You can calculate based on what I just said, because I don't like quoting specific numbers on stuff like that. 
I, I always encourage, you know, trust but verify. Go check the mahogany bay numbers. Those build numbers I said are firm. Based on today's rental rates, you can do a pretty easy calculation and see what kind of return you get with a 60-40 split. But that's a really good question. Okay. Yeah, I'm just wondering if it, um, you know, for somebody that's in the U.S., especially, you know, a typical investor that I see with might be somebody who is retired or retiring 60 years or older, you know, for them to leave the U.S. to go check it out if they want to, um, you know, they're probably going to need to get a higher return on investment than if they were doing something locally, you know, investing in apartments or rental homes or something. So other kind of factors that tie into that too. And one thing that I didn't really touch on, Holly, that's pretty important. So we do get a lot of people that are coming from Canada to the U.S. that maybe they're retiring in 10 years, maybe they're retiring in 15 years, right? And for them, it makes sense to have something that could be an income property for, you know, the next little bit of time. And then when they move down here, they're going to live in that. The other reason people might invest now, when you look at other kind of tourism destinations, let's take Maui, for example. If you compare and contrast our real estate prices now to what they are in other major tourism destinations, there's a significant amount of appreciation in our market we still have yet to see. And just to give you an example of where we are in the scheme of time, we don't have a single franchise fast food restaurant in Belize yet. You can't go down the street to McDonald's right now. No matter how bad I want a Big Mac or a Junior Chicken, I'm not getting that. So like, just imagine being able to go to one of those markets before those things were in place. So. Some people are kind of planning seats for the future too, right? But that's a really great point you made. Uh, it's funny you bring that up because I've um, we were just on a Caribbean cruise last August, and it's funny there was a McDonald's. We pulled over, and the kids are like, "Yay, free Wi-Fi on their phones and stuff." <laughs> I'm like, I don't remember where we were, but uh, oh my gosh, it was so funny. I'm like, this is ironic. We're in the Caribbean, and we're in a McDonald's. But honestly, <laughs> yeah, I don't have a horse in this race. Some people are like, they really don't want that here. I just like to point that out because it's like, this is where we are in the scheme of time. You know, it's not that these things aren't banned. That's just right now what we have. So it's yep. very interesting. And like even other kind of entrepreneurial endeavors down here, I'll give you an example for that. Like two years ago, there was no place on the island you could get a fresh bagel. So like, we're not talking about people coming down here and trading Bitcoins and, you know, putting, you know, rockets on the moon or computer programming. We're talking about baking a fresh bagel. So there's a lot of really, really significant opportunity for entrepreneurs down here as well. So we have that now. And in the first couple of years of being in business, they've gone from one location to three locations. So, oh, so there's a demand for bagels. Interesting I'm to know. I'm half of the business down here. I'm half of the bagel market. <laughs> well, um, why don't you tell us about what you do and how you help people learn about and invest in Belize? For sure. So we do a monthly investor field trip. Our whole uh, idea here is we want to educate people on the market. So we want to look at different deals. We want to go around. We have different experts come on our trips. Um, in some cases, we've had the Minister of Tourism, the mayor. So we try to bring you know, architects, builders, all these people down, and they'll come along with us on the way while we look at deals, mastermind what makes sense, and basically help people invest in the market. So if you guys are looking to do that, we have some upcoming dates. I'm not sure if my contact info is going to be listed anywhere. Or Absolutely. We'll have it all in the show notes. Yeah. So anyone can get in touch with me on those. It's one of the best ways to come down and learn about the market. Obviously, for many people, they might not be familiar with Belize. So you need to get boots on the ground, 
need to look at deals and that's the best way to do that. So great. Yeah. So um, before we give all your information, I want to tell our listeners, Will has put together a little download for us called the five biggest mistakes people make when investing in Belize. So you can get this free download by going to hardhatholly.com forward slash 119 where show number 119. You can also get it by texting to the number 38470. That's 38470. Text hard hat with no spaces between it to 38470. And we'll shoot you back a link to that download. And then we'll notify you every week of our latest podcast being available. So if you want to get that, five biggest mistakes people make when investing in bullies. That's the one. Yes. (laughs) The book, which Will will tell us about. Investor's Guide to Belize Real Estate. So we'll tell people how they can learn more about you and what you're offering and where they can find you. For sure. Okay. So the book, uh, I'm sure many of your listeners know when you're looking to do a real estate deal transaction, it's not just you going into it. It's the whole team that's around you, right? You need the bankers, architects, whatever the case may be. So for my book, I basically want to say, you know what, I'm not just going to sit down and write this. I'm going to bring in experts and extract the most important information from them when someone is looking to invest in Belize real estate. So the tool leverages, I think, 13 different experts and breaks down every kind of important detail you would want to know if you're looking at Belize. Also, I donate 100% of the profit from the book to underfunded schools around Belize. So if you do pick that up, it's going to a good cause. And it's available on Amazon. And aside from that, any other questions you guys have related to Belize, even if you're looking at any kind of foreign market, I'm happy to chat anytime. Um, I like to make myself available and I'm a guy that picks up his phone whenever it rings. So So how do they find you? What's your website? And then if you want to give out a phone number. Well, sure. Why not? Let's, let's do my email. It's will at Remax Secret Beach. You can email me there and we can set up a call. Uh, we have so many websites right now, but I guess I'll give my personal one. WillMitchellBelize.com. You can find me there. My contact info is on there as well. And I'd love to hear from you guys. Any way I can help, I'm happy to do so. So yeah, please reach out to me and I'd love to chat. Awesome. Well, I think I'm getting excited to come visit you in Belize. (laughs) It's too cold for me here, even in Southern California when it's, you know, 65 degrees. We're on, Uh, I'm sure, a different temperature. (laughs) It's beautiful up there, but right now I'm getting ready to go hop on the boats and... It doesn't suck. <laughs> yes, I love good weather. I'm definitely a fan of good weather. Well, Will, thank you so much for your time. This has been super enlightening and helpful. And I'm sure it's opening a lot of people's minds like, oh, I don't have to only invest in the US or in Canada or in my own backyard. I can go to another country and somebody else has paved the way. So. You've pioneered the way and uh, sounds great. Like you have lots of great tips and information and help and you'll even hold our hand. If we book a trip down there, you'll give us a personal tour to help us find what's right. That sounds awesome. Well, with that listeners, thank you for your time today. Hope this shed some light on yet another new opportunity for you to take advantage of and definitely go check out Will's um, website and his book and open your mind to new opportunities. With that, you guys have a great day and thanks so much for listening and watching. Thanks for listening today. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review our show and let us know in your review what you'd like to hear more of. For the show notes and free downloads for this episode and all others, go to hardhatholly.com.